Good morning and welcome to worship here at FBC. I know we're still in kind of a weird place. We're worshiping again online this morning and so, uh, you know, it's still a little different. But uh, we are here this morning. I hope you're joining and tuned in and joining us this morning to enjoy this time of worship together. I pray that it blesses you this morning as we seek to glorify God in all that we do. All right, so let's pray and get ready for worship. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time this morning, Father, use it for your glory, bless all of us who have tuned in and are worshiping this morning. We ask all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus, and for his sake. Amen. Let's start worship. We are coming to that time in our, our year, um, it's quickly approaching, that one of my favorite times of the year, and that is the season of Easter. Um, I love the story of Easter. I love all the stories that are involved. There are so many to choose from, and you never know where to start. But uh, right now, we are going to start this morning a new series. I don't know if I have a title for it or not. I don't want to come give it some generic title. I just know that our focus for the next few weeks leading up to Easter and for a few weeks after is going to be the events in the life of Jesus and the disciples uh, leading up to the crucifixion and there uh, after the resurrection. So this morning, as we come to talk about that, we start with one of my, um, one of the most powerful stories to me is him crucified between two thieves. We're in Luke 23 this morning, and there in Luke 23, so far we have seen his trial, his... Uh, sentencing, and then he is taken to the place of the skull, Golgotha. He's taken to Calvary, and he is crucified there along with two criminals, one on the right and one on the left. And Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And they divide his clothes. And they still, and they go, and they, and they put the, the sign over his head, this is Jesus, King of the Jews. And that is, is where we're going to pick up in our story this morning. You know, Jesus has lived his life. He has done the things that he needs to do. He has brought the teaching. He has lived a sinless life. He has offered an invitation to anyone who would come. He has gone to the garden. He has found himself crushed under the weight of the sin of man. And he has gone in front of an unjust core and done all the things that were set up before the foundation of the world. And then we find him here in Luke 23... In verse 39, it says, Then one of the criminals hanging there began to yell insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuking him, Don't you even fear God? Since you were undergoing the same punishment? We are punished justly because we're getting back for what, what we deserve for the things we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank and we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, use me as a vessel, may the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you and we praise you. 
We ask all of these things in the name of your son Jesus and for his sake. And all God's people said, amen. What can we learn from the story of the cross and the two criminals? What can we learn that we'll identify with, that we can identify with in our life? Because it's easy to make this a sermon simply about salvation, because that is there. It is there that this sermon is about salvation. Salvation is at the center of this passage, about this story, this account. But what else can we learn from this that would apply to our everyday lives? Because we know the first thing that we see is that Jesus didn't save himself so he could save us. Make no doubt about the fact that Jesus could have at any time called 10,000 angels to save him. Jesus didn't have to go through this agony. He didn't have to go through any of the things that he is going through. He didn't have to partake of the cup. When he went to the garden and he laid down before the Father and he cried out, Daddy, if there's any other way, he was crying out from the depth of his soul to give me another way. I don't want to do this. This is, this is the most horrid, putrid thing anyone could ever do. Jesus could have at any moment saved himself. He could have at any, any moment said, just take me home, Daddy. I don't want to do this anymore. At any moment, he could have stopped. But he didn't save himself so that he could save us. It's amazing to me that Jesus, the God of all creation, the eternal word, the one who in the beginning was the creative force, that he stepped down out of heaven and lived in this world for us. It's amazing to me that, that he would come and put up with all the things that he had to go through in order to save me. When I look at the crucifixion, that should have been me. That should have been the things that I had to do. I should have been nailed to the cross. I should have been lifted up and put in the hole. I should have been the one who was there. That should have been my punishment. But Jesus chose not to save himself so that he could save me. He chose himself so he could save you. We do all of this. We come and worship on Sunday morning, not because the baby was born at Christmas. Not even really because he, ra he, he was raised on Easter. We come, first and foremost, because he paid the price for our sins. Jesus didn't save himself. He could have he opted out. He could have said, no way. You know, there was a very controversial book and movie uh, several years back called The Last Temptation of Christ. And I read it for a class in school. And as I read it and, and, and understood it, there were some controversial things in it. But the last temptation of Jesus in that book was this, to come off the cross and live a normal life. To get married, to have kids, to have a family, and to die an old man. That was the temptation in the book. Jesus could have done that. Jesus could have said, I don't want to do this. I want to live a normal life. Father, get me out of this. But he didn't do that. He chose instead to save us. Which brings us to the cross, right? Which brings us to this, this place where he finds himself strung up between two thieves. 
or it just says criminals here. One could have been a murderer and one could have been a thief. We don't know. Two criminals strung up. And one looks at him and says, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. You know, one thief wanted Jesus to be who he thought he should be, right? Jesus, you're the Messiah. Because what did Israel think the Messiah was? Israel thought the Messiah was a great military leader who was going to come and save them from Roman rule and give them their land back. That is who Israel thought the Messiah would be. They thought that the Messiah was going to be this person. He was going to be someone in command. That's why they got so excited when they saw the miracles of Jesus. <coughs> That's why they saw this excitement. Who wouldn't want a Messiah? Who wouldn't want a leader who could feed the 5,000 with a couple of fish and a little bit of bread? Who wouldn't want a leader who could raise the dead? Who wouldn't want a leader who could do water into wine? Who wouldn't want a leader who could heal the sick, make the blind see? Who wouldn't want a leader who could do that? Imagine the power if Jesus would have used that power in the way people thought he should use it. Imagine that. You have an army who will never truly die because they can be raised again. Any injury can be healed. You don't have to have anything to feed them because Jesus can just make it appear. That's the leader. That's what the thief thought. And he wanted Jesus to be who he thought he should be. You ever guilty of that? Are you ever guilty of wanting Jesus to be who you think he should be? Are you? Well, Jesus, there's really this thing that I want, so would you please do this for me? Or Jesus, if you will give me this car, I will promise to go to church every Sunday. Or Jesus, if you'll just make my kids behave, I promise I will, I will do better at giving my tithe. Or Jesus, I promise we put Jesus in a box and we start to say, well, Jesus, I want you to be who I want you to be. You're supposed to be the person who comes to me and does the things that I need you to do. You saved me. You gave me my get out of hell free card. And now when I call upon you, I want you to give me the things that I want. I want you to do the things that I know that you're supposed to do. I want you, as the thief said, to get me out of this mess. That's how we usually do it, right? Jesus, get me out of this mess. Get me out of this mess that I have created. Jesus, now I know you told me through the Spirit that I shouldn't go to that establishment, but I did. And now people are talking because they saw my car out front. And, and they want to know why I was in that establishment. They want to know why I was doing that. Jesus, can you please just get me out of this? Jesus, I know that I left those pictures on my computer, and I didn't mean for my wife to see it. Can you please change her heart and get me out of the trouble that I'm in? Jesus, I know I shouldn't have spent that money, 
and I really shouldn't have ordered that stuff on Amazon. I shouldn't have went to the mall the other day. And my husband found the bags. Can you, can you get me out of this mess? So often we're like the first thief. And, and we want Jesus to be who we think he should be. He's the genie in the bottle. He's the one who gets us out of the mess that we were in. Because after all, he is the one who came to save us. That's where we started this at, right? We started by saying, well, Jesus came to save us. He didn't save himself so he could save us. So if he's going to save me, let him save me from all the messes that I created. Let him save me from all the things that, that I'm going to do. But, but we're missing the point here. Jesus didn't come to save us so that we could continue in the things that we do. He came to save us so that we could be redeemed from the things that we do. And we can lead a new life. So the first thief wanted Jesus to be who he thought he should be. But the other thief accepted Jesus for who he was in spite of his circumstance. He looks at the other thief and he says, Man, don't you even fear God? You're undergoing the same punishment. And we're here because we deserve it. He didn't do anything. He jumps all over the first thief. And then he turns to Jesus and he says this. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That may be the most powerful phrase in all of Scripture. Now, why do I say that? He said, Jesus, or Lord, even if you don't save me, can you remember me? Ooh. He didn't know what Jesus could do. He didn't know what Jesus was offering. He didn't know the extent of what was about to happen in his life. But he accepted Jesus for who he was or who he is in spite of his own circumstance. He was going to die. And he knew it. He wasn't asking to get out of death. He wasn't asking to get out of what was a very just punishment. He simply said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He knew something big was about to happen. He knew that there was something going on. And he knew that Jesus' kingdom wasn't the kingdom like the first thief thought a kingdom should be. He knew Jesus' kingdom was something wholly different. It was changed. It was going to be something glorious. And all he wanted to be was to be remembered. He wanted a plaque on the wall. He wanted to know that one day Jesus was going to stop and think, you remember that guy on the cross? I remember him. I remember him. But what Jesus said to him truly blew his mind. See, the thief accepted Jesus for who he is, despite his circumstance. Do we do that? Do we accept Jesus in spite of our circumstances? Jesus, I know my husband's mad because I spent all that money. Can you help me to mend that relationship through honesty? Jesus, I know I shouldn't have been looking at that stuff on the internet. 
Thank you for letting my wife find it. Can you help me to heal our relationship and help me to move forward as a faithful husband? Jesus, I know I shouldn't have snuck out of the house. And it's my fault. And thanks for letting my parents catch me. It kept me safe. Can you help me to be a better child? When we accept Jesus for who he is, things change in our lives, right? Things change. The, uh, the thief accepted Jesus for who he is. He was the Messiah. He had come to save the world. And he had promised a kingdom. And everything he knew from what he'd heard about Jesus, everything Jesus said was true. It always happened. And he knew that was the truth. So he said, Jesus, please remember me. Do we accept Jesus for who he is rather than who we want him to be? Because the truth is, the one we choose to be will determine our future. Now, in salvation terms, what does that mean? Well, if I choose Jesus for who he is, in spite of my circumstances, he saves me and brings me into heaven eternally. That's what that means, right? But, in our normal lives, we have to make a choice. Are we going to be the thief who wanted him to be who we think he should be, or are we going to be the one who says, Jesus, I accept you as you are, in spite of my circumstances? Who are we going to be? Because who you choose to be, which person you choose to be like, that's going to determine your future. It's going to determine what you do in your life. Because if you are continually wanting Jesus to be something that he is not, if you are continually wanting Jesus to be the genie who puts all the trouble back in the bottle, you are going to be sorely disappointed, and your life will not be blessed. But if you are the second thief who accepts Jesus and who he is in spite of his circumstances, you'll be blessed because you'll find the freedom in knowing that when I repent of my sins and I take ownership for the things that I do, God forgives me. And he begins to lead me and guide me and show me the things that I need to do. That's the power of the gospel. But whenever we want to make Jesus be something else, we're going to find ourselves in a very shallow faith. We're going to find ourselves hurting for the things that we need because we're going to say, well, Jesus, I got in trouble again. The key to walking with Jesus is owning up to when you got into a mess and saying, Jesus, I don't want you to clean up the mess, but I want you to help me walk from this mess. Jesus doesn't want to just redeem your situation. He wants to redeem you from your situation. That's the key. That's what Jesus is saying to us here. When we look at the two thieves on the cross, yes, we can see salvation, but we can also see two ways of life. We can see a weak faith that just says, okay, you're the Messiah, and I'm going to keep asking you to, to pull me out of the muck and the mire that I put myself in, or I'm going to have a faith that grows and says, okay, Jesus, I know that I messed up. I know that this cross is mine. I know that this mess is of my making. And I know that you can use it for your glory. 
So Jesus, please show me how. Remember me. Move me into the place that you want me to be. Because Jesus tells that thief, I assure you today, this day, you will be with me in paradise. Man, what a hopeful statement. What does that mean for that thief? That thief who truly believes that when he dies, it's over. He can't be saved. He's going to the place of the dead. He is being punished as a murderer and a criminal. He is completely vile. He is on the cross. That's where he is. Jesus, <coughs> I know that I'm not a good guy. I know that, that I've done bad things. Can you do one thing for me? When you get there, can you just remember me? And because he accepted Jesus for who he is and didn't try to blame Jesus for his circumstance, Jesus completely changed his life. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Today, you're going to get the ultimate reward because of your faith. Which thief are you today? Which person are you? Are you the individual who keeps getting into mess after mess after mess? Who keeps saying, Jesus, I, I just need to, I need to finish this. Jesus, I don't know what to do. Jesus, I, I'm, I'm in trouble again. Jesus, can you please fix this? Jesus, I, I don't, are you that person? Jesus, if you would just help me, if you would just protect me, if you would just show me the way, Never picked up my Bible and read, but Jesus, if you would just show me the way, I wouldn't get into these messes. You're my Savior, save me. Or are you the guy who's saying, Jesus, I messed up again. But it's because I didn't follow your word. Can you help me? Which person are you? Which thief are you today? You know, it's hard doing a sermon like this and not giving an invitation. So I'm going to. If you have found that you are the first thief, take this time right now. Just get by yourself and pray. And ask God to change your heart. If you're the second thief, get by yourself and pray. And ask God to continue to change your heart. But this morning, if you've never known Jesus as your Savior, if you've never taken a step to say, I want to know the one who didn't save himself so that he could save me. I want to know the one who, if I die, promises me that I will be with him in paradise. If you've never known that one, if you've never known him, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to pray after me. Jesus, 
I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I fail continually, and I know that I do not deserve heaven on my own. But Jesus, I know that you came and walked this earth a sinless life and died for me on the cross. Father, I want to be saved. Jesus, come into my life. Wash me. Father, make Yourself a home in my heart. Jesus, be Lord of my life. And forgive me of all my sins. Thank You, Jesus, for loving me. In Your name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, if for the first time you accepted Jesus, I'm going to do something radical here because this is public internet, but I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Call me. Call me at 817-776-3569 and let me know. Let me know that you've made this decision. Let me know that I can be praying for you. If you don't want to call me, send me a message on Facebook. If you don't want to send me a message there, send me an email. Pastor at fbclipan.net. But let me know of your decision this morning. Guys, I love you. Church, I love you. I miss you. It's been two weeks since we've been together. I'm hoping things change this week. If they don't, keep a lookout here on Facebook for whatever changes may need to take place. Also, sign up for the Remind if you remember that. Uh, if, you don't have a, if you have a smartphone, go to get the Remind app and sign up there. It's at FBCLIPA. FBC and everything on LIPAM but the N, the at sign. Or you can text, if you don't have a smartphone, to 81010, text at FBC LIPA. It'll give you a, uh, a response, and you put in your first and last name, and you'll be part of the, of the role for me to send out announcements to you that way. Guys, I know this is hard. I know this is stressful. But God is bigger than all of this. And God is using this, I hope, to distill us down into a family of faith that's going to do mighty things for him in the near future. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank and we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time that we are at home, Father. Use it to work in our lives. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the message that it contains. Father, I pray that someone was blessed here today by its preaching. Father, we thank you. We praise you for all that you do. And we ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake. And all God's people said, until next time, guys, love each other. Be blessed today. <laughs>